it feels hopeless when you're in the moment, but there's definitely ways to heal. One thing I want to address, because I feel like it's a really important topic, is if you are newly postpartum, like prior to 12 weeks postpartum, really legitimately take it easy and build strength before you run. You can save yourself a lot of heartache if you work on that rehab during that 12 weeks. But if you're past that 12-week mark and you didn't do the core and pelvic floor rehab and you went out for a run and you're experiencing issues, it's never too late. That's the other piece of it. If you're an avid runner and looking for help to understand the science, simplify the complicated, and remove hurdles so that your next run is not only fun and fulfilling, but also fuels you with passion and purpose, then you're in the right place. Runner Click presents The Passionate Runner with your host, me, Whitney Hines. And welcome to episode 42 of Runner Clicks, the Passionate Runner Podcast. I am your host, Whitney Hines. I'm a lifelong runner, a certified running coach, and founder of TheMotherRunners.com, a resource for moms who run. And today we hear from Ashley Now. She's a pregnancy and postpartum fitness specialist, nutrition coach, and a mom of four, including twins. Ashley is the founder of Get Mom Strong, which offers at-home fitness programs for moms. If you are a mom listening to this, there's a very good chance that you have heard of her program. She has an app and follow her on Instagram at Get Mom Strong. And we talk about the importance of the pelvic floor in running, how it can be tricky to find out if you have a weak one, uh, one that's too tight, if that's the core of your issues rather than that nagging hamstring or hip or back injury. We talk a lot about how to get back into running after having a child and how this is also all just important information for men and women. Both men and women have pelvic floors and it's really crucial that we have strong functioning pelvic floors and deep cores. So some more about Ashley. After a traumatic twin birth and challenging recovery, including where she tried to get back to working out and she only made things worse with her pelvic floor health, Ashley started a blog sharing resources for new moms as a hobby. She was inspired by her pelvic floor specialist and decided to pursue her own certifications to learn more and help others. Fast forward to 2022, Ashley created an app called SLAM, which is short for Strong Like a Mother, which combines science-backed pelvic floor and core exercises with sweat-inducing workouts. Ashley has helped over 50,000 people since 2020. She's on a mission to ensure that as many women as possible go through pregnancy and postpartum feeling empowered and informed. All right, we are going to hear from Ashley after the short message from our sponsor, RunnerClick. If you are an avid runner and looking for help to understand the science, simplify the complicated, and remove hurdles so that your next run is not only fun and fulfilling, but also fuels you with passion and purpose, then you are in the right place. RunnerClick presents The Passionate Runner with your host, Whitney Hines. Hi, Ashley. It's great to see you. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so happy to be connecting with you. I've been a fan of yours for a very long time. And I actually learned about you from some of the athletes that I coach, that they came to me after they had a baby and they said that they had used your program. And I actually have an article on my website posting 
I think in the next month that rounds up the 10 best apps for runners and your app is in there. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That's an honor. I'll take it. No, it's great. It's such a, the area, the space that you work in is so important and it's still just blows my mind how it's only been recently that we've really paid attention to and learned so much about pelvic health for women, especially postpartum. So I just, you meet such an incredible need. And so I'm very glad that you're here on the podcast and then just in general. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those making lemonade from lemon situations. There was nothing out there after I had my twins. And I was like, why are we not helping women? Like, (laughs) me. yes, you definitely made lemonade. So yeah, let's start there. I would love for you to talk about your story and how this started. Yeah. So I had a single 10. He's 14 now. So quite a while ago. And, (laughs) you know, I was like the quintessential bounce back, right? Like six weeks, like six pack abs, felt fine, no issues. And then I got pregnant five years later with twins. And I just assumed it would be the same, right? I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm strong. At this point in time, I was not a pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist. So I was just doing my regular exercise regime, not thinking much of it. I had the twins. They were seven and six pounds. And I'm built, you guys can't see, I'm built like a teenage boy, right? Like no (laughs) hips. So (laughs) I went straight out. (laughs) I ended up having a really bad case of diastasis recti. You could quite literally fit your fist between my six pack muscles after I had them. Yeah. And just like all the way down, like no tension at all. And my back hurt all the time. And I had been an athlete. So I felt this huge loss of identity. In addition, I didn't know where to go or how to heal. So I went to my obstetrician and this is about four months postpartum. I went to my obstetrician. I was like, something's really wrong. Like every time I do a sit up, I see like this alien dome popping out of my stomach. Like this can't be normal. And she's like, it's diastasis recti. She's like, there's nothing we can do about it. Surgery is the only answer. Oh my God. So I actually just like sat in my car and cried. I was like, I cannot believe that. Turns out I found a magical occupation called pelvic floor physical therapy, and it changed my whole life. I learned everything I wish I had learned, everything women deserve to have learned even before we have kids. I learned how to breathe, how to engage my core, how to utilize my pelvic floor, and it was life-changing. So after I learned how to heal myself, I actually called up the pelvic floor PT who helped me, and I said, Diana, like we have to, I got to change this. This cannot be the norm for women. So I went and got certified. I took courses. I changed my whole career so that I could come out and help women heal because we deserve to not have pelvic floor issues and to have a strong core and to feel there should be no price of motherhood, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not even, it's not just the physical implications. It's the mental too. Like you said, it's the loss of identity and then looking forward to the rest of your life and thinking, well, I can't do these things that I used to love doing that are so much a part of me. So it addresses both for sure. So you said that you were an athlete. So you were in a CrossFit, right? I did CrossFit. I did CrossFit. I'm I'm a recovered CrossFitter. (laughs) (laughs) I did CrossFit competitively before the twins were born. I actually competed in regionals the year I got pregnant with them. And so, like I said, it was just a huge part of me, right? Being able to lift heavy weights and run really fast. And without that, I was just like, oh man, what, like, 
it was my therapy, you know, like as a runner, right? Mm -hmm. That fitness is an outlet. And when somebody takes that from you and your body's not functioning how it should, it's a loss of identity, but it's also like a loss of your outlet. Absolutely. And then you said, so you switched careers. What did you do before? I was a grant writer. So I very different (laughs) journalism and English. Yeah. So I took my love of sports and fitness and then combined that with the training that I got as a pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist. And now I'm like talking to everybody about it. I'll be in like the Trader Joe's and I'm like, you don't have to live with COVID floor issues. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm talking to like anybody who's a mom. I'm like, and you know what? Once you start sharing, you realize like how common it is so common. Like estimates are like two out of three women have some level of diastasis recti postpartum. And if you've had a vaginal delivery, there's a 90% chance you have some level of prolapse. So most people don't even know that they have it because you can have it in different stages, right? So you can have a very minimal prolapse all the way to like a severe grade four prolapse. So it runs the gamut. Yeah. but Oh my God. I did not know that. Wow. So then do, are most people just walking around with it for the rest of their lives or does your body, unless it's severe, end up healing itself? Some combination, right? So you can have improved symptoms, but a lot of times you're not symptomatic or maybe you are symptomatic and you don't even know that you're having those symptoms. Like maybe you feel like you can't keep a tampon in or you feel heaviness like by the end of your day or you've gone for a run and you feel like some discomfort. Obviously, seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist, I think for all women who have had babies is important. Mm -hmm. Your OB will often not check. And if they do check, they'll often only check you in lane position. And Mm -hmm. gravity is a real thing. Anybody who's breastfed knows that. (laughs) (laughs) And so you also want somebody who can check you upright. So seeing a pelvic floor PT is so important for anybody who's had a baby, whether it's a C-section or vaginal delivery. Yeah. It should almost be mandatory. It should. In France, it is. Like instead here, like, you know, you're paying an arm and a leg to go see somebody, unfortunately, but it's worth it. Even if you can go one time. Yeah, really. And I want to get into how that plays out to potential running injuries or just impacts your running. But I'm curious how, you know, your doctor says, well, the only way to fix it is surgery. I'm guessing you didn't accept that as an answer and you went on your own path of exploration and that's how you happened upon a pelvic floor physical therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So both prolapse and diastasis recti are like pressure management issues, right? So if your core is like a canister, like think about it like a soda can. You've got the top, which is your diaphragm, the bot, the base, which is your pelvic floor. And we want to learn to manage that pressure wholly. What we do as women, a lot of the times, though, is we suck in, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of us hold our tummies in really tight. And this puts a kink in our pressure system. So just going back to all of these basics that you probably have never even thought about or been taught can really change the way your body functions. It's particularly important if you're a runner because that breath is everything, right? And if your body's in a better position, you're going to be able to run further, faster, harder, and without issues. I know that, yeah, I mean, just pelvic floor strength in particular can be, or lack thereof, can be linked to a lot of injuries down the chain, like high hamstring, knee, 
And so I think a lot of us don't realize that. And we think, oh, we, we need to get stronger glutes. We need to get stronger hamstrings. But can you talk a little bit about or a little bit more about the role that the pelvic floor plays in just making proper body mechanics when you're running? Yeah. Well, first I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. So we often think leaking incontinence and pelvic floor issues become from a weak pelvic floor, but often, especially in the runner population, I'm calling you guys out. It tends <laughs> We're to tight be a, a. Tight We're very tight. Floor. Yeah. <laughs> tight pelvic floor, right? And so a tight pelvic floor actually can cause leaks as much as a weak pelvic floor. So think about it like if you walked around flexing your bicep all day and you're just holding it, holding it, holding it. And then you're going out for your run. That's like putting a weight in your hand after you've been holding a bicep curl all day. That muscle is going to get out. Your pelvic floor is the same way. Your pelvic floor is a bowl of muscles. So if you're holding it tight, tight, tight all day, and then you go for a run or you sneeze or you cough or you laugh really hard, like that muscle's like, I'm tired. I've been gripping and holding all day. So often in my runner population in particular, I'll have them prioritize pelvic floor release work. And that'll make the biggest difference. Your pelvic floor is meant to be reflexive. It's meant to be like almost like a trampoline, right? Like as you're impacting, as you're hitting the ground in your stride, we want that pelvic floor to gently lengthen and contract and lengthen and contract. It shouldn't be something you even have to think about. Your pelvic floor should just know this is what I have to do. But if you've got that tightness, right, it's not able to go down and come up, go down and come up. And so what ends up happening is it just kind of gives out. It's like, peace out. (laughs) I'm done with you. Yeah. Which then can lead to, I would imagine, compensatory issues as well. If if it's giving out, obviously that can lead to leaking, but then, you know, other muscles are going to be trying to pick up slack and that's not good. And this is something, I mean, a lot of times your pelvic floor is actually trying to pick up slack for your other muscles that are weak. So that's ah. typically what I see is your pelvic floor is like, Hey, your glutes aren't firing. Like, I guess I got to do it. Think about it like a group homework assignment. Oh, (laughs) that's a great analogy. All the work, right? Like your pelvic floor is like, I I guess I'm doing all the work. (laughs) And that's why it gets so tired and angry. And then is like, you know what? I'm done doing all this work. And so a lot of times, especially in the running population, strengthening your glutes, particularly the glute medius, that's your side butt muscle, it helps stabilize your hips. So I'm really big for the runner population. We want to work on our deep core and pelvic floor strength. Absolutely. We also want to work on our inner thigh strength and that side butt muscle and our glutes. So important. Okay. So what are some moves that would address that, that we can do at home? Oh man, my whole program has Instagram. I have tons of stuff. You do. You have Um, so much good stuff. Yeah. So some of the best, if you have resistance bands at home, Mm -hmm. it's such a sweet piece of equipment to have so good for runners. I like monster walks, lateral side shuffles, clams with a band. Those are all really great at working your side. But one of my other hacks, and this is going to be hard to describe to people who are just listening, but you're going to take a ball and put it on your knee between a wall so that your inside Mm -hmm. knee and the wall are sandwiching a ball. And then you're going to hinge just like you would in like a deadlift while putting pressure against that ball the whole time. Your side butt muscle will be on absolute fire. It is so beneficial for hip stability for runners. That is like my number one runner's exercise. And you just hold it? it. It's like an isometric hold? Nope. You're doing hinges. 
Oh, so oh, okay. Into the wall and you're hinging, reach your butt back, 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 and then stand tall and then reach your butt back and then stand tall. So again, it's hard to describe. I definitely have tutorials on it, but it's such an important hip stabilizer. And I would actually have you do it before you go out for your run because it's going to activate all the muscles that you need to fire. Oh, okay. So do it like 10 times or 30 yeah, times? Yeah, 10 times. Like 10 times each leg, do, mm -hmm. you know, then rest a little bit and then do another round of it. So I'd have you do it twice through, maybe work on those side shuffles and get things active. I'm going to try that when we're done chatting. Yeah. It'll, <laughs> I vow to do mind. it. Your butt's going to burn so bad. You're going to curse me. I love it. No, I love it. I love the burn. I do. Okay. So if somebody suspects that they may have some pelvic floor issues, or maybe they don't even think that they do, what would be the first step? Because I know that having like a hypertonic pelvic floor or, a, you know, a tight versus weak presents very similarly. Is the best course of action to go see a pelvic floor PT or is there a way you can figure it out on your own? So both, right? Pelvic floor PT is not accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. Just simply based on location and cost, it can be prohibitive. Some signs that your pelvic floor is tight instead of weak is that you feel like you can't hold a tampon in. You have pain with intercourse. You have a lot of urgency when it comes to going to the bathroom. Maybe you're constipated. Pain with sex is a telltale sign. So there are signs of tightness. If you have a kind of like that chronically tight hip flexor too, like you're like, oh, uh, or tailbone pain, those can also be signs that your pelvic floor, because those muscles tie in to everything. So oh, that can also be a uh, like a, a red flag that you've got some tightness happening. Obviously, the only way to know for sure is to go see a pelvic floor PT. Another fun fact is you can have weakness and tightness, right? You can oh. have parts of your pelvic floor that's weak. You can have a side that's weak and a side that's tight, right? Just like just like our body, right? Like you might have one leg when you run that you push off of more. And so that's your dominant leg. That leg's so much stronger when you're doing unilateral exercises. Our pelvic floor is the same way because, again, it's muscles. And... uh it needs some symmetry sometimes. So yeah, getting evaluated is the best. I teach all women within my program how to both lengthen and relax your pelvic floor and contract and lift your pelvic floor. And you need to be able to do both. It makes everything better. You know what I'm saying? Not just your runs. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I'm just kidding. I mean. <laughs> okay. And so, so it's not just leaking. That is a sign. But there's all this other. Okay, so for somebody who may be having, who may have separation of the ab muscles or a weak pelvic floor or prolapse, it's not, we were saying before, it's not like a death sentence. It's fixable. Mm -hmm. And you, Absolutely. I mean, you had it in severely and look at you now. Um, yeah, look so at me now. <laughs> what would you like to say to people who may be experiencing that? It feels hopeless when you're in the moment, but there's definitely ways to heal. One thing I want to address, because I feel like it's a really important topic, is if you are newly postpartum, like prior to 12 weeks postpartum, really legitimately take it easy and build strength before you run. You can save yourself a lot of heartache if you work on that rehab during that 12 weeks. But if you're past that 12-week mark and you didn't do the core and pelvic floor rehab and you went out for a run and you're experiencing issues, it's never too late. That's the other piece of it. So mm -hmm. 
it's never too late to heal. It's all about learning to train your deep core and pelvic floor. And like I said, getting our glutes and our inner thighs really strong so that our body feels supported. I'm a firm believer that healing comes from a couple things. You got to take a total body approach. So I'm not just teaching you pelvic floor exercises. Like that's boring snooze fest. Like you're going to lift weights. You're going to get really strong as heck. The stronger we are all over, the more support our pelvic floor and core have. So it makes sense, right? You're not compensating like I talked about in that group homework. Right, exactly. You've got strong arms to hold your kid. Like you're going to be less likely to grip your pelvic floor tight because you've got that support. So Mm -hmm. getting strong everywhere is my first tip. The second thing is not to be afraid to keep training smartly, right? You want to make sure that you're finding that balance of your limits. I don't know if you want me to give some tips for runners who maybe are experiencing. I will, Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. So what I really find important is running posture for pelvic floor issues. One of the most important things. Oftentimes when we run, we run sort of flat footed and with our chest puffed out. Those are some of the most compensatory patterns I see in runners. So I actually like to have moms do if you're experiencing issues is to have you run uphill. It's a lot harder to run flat-footed and to run with poor posture when you're running uphill. So I have you run uphill and then walk downhill if you're having leaking issues. And that's going to get your glutes really strong. It's going to teach you to, I always say, headlights forward, right? So Mm -hmm. we want our chest going forward. It's going to put you in a much better running position. So I just have you do hill repeats until you feel stronger. So you're going to run up, walk down. That coupled with some strengthening exercises like we talked about for your hips and core and pelvic floor can make such a difference. And when you get strong everywhere, like your runs are better. Oh, absolutely. You Well, you're more bulletproof towards or for injury. And then also you have more power, of course. Right. And these are tips for men as well. We have men that listen to this podcast, podcast and obviously – women postpartum are going to be more at risk for having these issues, but you, these, they have pelvic floors too as well, right? A hundred percent. And their pelvic floor is responsible for some important actions also. So men don't neglect that pelvic floor for sure. And men can have diastasis recti. Weight gain can cause it in men, as well as a lot of crunches sit-ups. Like if you're only doing crunches sit-ups for ab work, like you'll see it in a lot of bodybuilders actually. They get rectus dominant. So your six pack muscle is called the rectus abdominis, but they're not training corset abs that lie underneath their six pack abs. So if that's the case, you can actually see like a pretty pronounced diastasis recti in men. So also important for men to train that deep core. So doing these strengthening exercises, like how long, if you have DR, I'm not going to say it because I have a really hard time saying <laughs> dias. I can't, for some reason I have like a block and I can't say it. <laughs> I, I should have practiced before we had this conversation. How long does it typically take or is there a typical timeline to get those ab muscles back together? Yeah, there's not a typical timeline. So spontaneous healing happens for about that first six months, sometimes even up to a year. If you're nursing, breastfeeding, it can take even longer because our connective tissue remains a little bit more lax during that time because of hormones. So that's also important for running and your pelvic floor. Things are not quite held in place as they will be once you've weaned. So keeping that in mind that it might slow your healing a little bit, but that's okay. You know, it's just a season. 
but really no timeline. Some women, it takes a long time. For me, it honestly took me three years to fully get a functioning core. Three years. Like I never sell a quick fix. I'm always like, it takes time. It takes like conscious dedication to your recovery. But the silver lining from it all is you learn so much about your body that you'll have wished you learned. Like I wish I knew how to breathe properly for fitness activities. I would have been a better athlete. Like I have no doubt. So yeah. What do you mean about breathing properly? Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So we often have, and I'm not talking specific to running. I'm just talking about like, let's talk about just like sitting down for Mm -hmm. now. A lot of women suck in, a lot of men for that matter, suck in, hold your tummy in. The only way you can breathe if you're sucking in is up into your chest and shoulders. So if I said to you all at home listening to this, take a deep inhale. Like, let's go ahead and do it. Let's just all take a deep inhale. Most people are going to have it go up into their shoulders and chest, right? That's what you think when you inhale. And that's actually the opposite of what we want. Your breath should go down into your rib cage because that's where your diaphragm is. And so your diaphragm is going to actually push that air down. It's going to help relax your pelvic floor. And um, when you exhale, your pelvic floor will gently recoil. When you put a backwards breathing pattern on that, which like 95% of women do, that's where we get the pelvic floor tightness. That's where we get poor breathing mechanics, the inability to engage our abs properly. A lot of women will have like a low tummy pooch. They're like, I just can't get rid of this low tummy pooch. Like, it's just like, no matter what exercises I do, I have this low belly pooch. And oftentimes it's because you're breathing backwards. And that pooch is like, is there because you are cutting off that natural breathing system and you're breathing up into your shoulders instead of down into your body. Really? Yeah. I would have never connected that to a pooch. Yep. If if you've tried all the ab exercises and you're generally like lean and you're like, I've done everything and you still have that little low tummy pooch, it's because you're either gripping with your upper abs all day or you're sucking in hundred percent. So What does this look like? What does learning to breathe properly and doing these exercises look like day to day? Is this something that, you know, you're working on all the time or a couple times a week or what does a normal person's recovery look like for this? So my job is to rewire your brain to go back to what it probably was when you were a kid and didn't have to even think about it. So that's my job. So I take you through in my program, it's called core basics. And this is the foundational stuff. It's really boring, but it's what you need to rewire your brain. And we learn to breathe again. We learn how and when to breathe when we're lifting things or picking things up. And once you get the hang of it, it becomes second nature. So you're not having to think about it. You just instinctually do it again. But for the first little bit, you know, I would say for some people, it takes a few weeks. For others, it takes a few months for their brain to really get that pattern again. But once you do, it's like, second nature and you don't have to think about it. So it's not something that you just have to constantly deal with. Once you've made those connections again, you're pretty set. So it's kind of, it's inserting, okay, mindfulness. Like every time you move, make sure you're breathing properly. Every time you're lifting something, every time you're twisting like that. Yeah. So I teach you how to do it. Like, so first I would just have you literally practice the breathing. So we'd breathe down into our body You'd exhale, lift your pelvic floor. Your tummy goes in and up. I'm trying it. You're breathing backwards. <laughs> breathing backwards. Did I breathe backwards? You did. 
<laughs> That's incredible. I thought I went from my tummy up, but maybe I didn't. I'm a backwards breather. Shoot. So you don't want your shoulders to move at all. So if you're doing this at home, I want you to literally watch yourself in a mirror. And you're going to keep your shoulders still and put your hands on your rib cage. And you're going to inhale and you're going to feel your ribs expand out to the side. Good. That was way better. And then as you exhale, <laughs> you lift your pelvic floor like a Kegel. And then you pull your low tummy up, mid tummy, upper tummy. So it's almost like a wave rolling from the bottom up. So I have you practice this and that's your deep core. It's like almost like if you're putting on a pair of jeans that are too tight or you're getting in a cold swimming pool, like that muscle that you feel when you pull in like that, that's your deep core. And that's what does not get trained. And that deep core, it acts like a corset for our body. So it literally runs from your sternum to your pubis and wraps all the way around your torso. So it's like a back brace. So if you have low back pain all the time, you're just feeling like, you know, you wake up and your hips hurt, like deep core training, that's where it's at. So once you learn that and just the seated position or sideline is how I first teach you, then you're going to implement that when you pick things up. So you're going to go pick up your kid or a heavy thing of dog food. You're going to inhale as you bend to pick up, big exhale, lift the pelvic floor, scoop the tummy as you're picking up your load. And so then that just, like I said, becomes second nature. So you have to think about it a lot, like an annoying amount at first. <laughs> so this is through your app. Is this a program through your app? Yeah. So that's the foundational program. I mean, in my app, you get everything from like, that's the very beginner program, core basics. And then I've got everything from beginner all the way to like advanced total body workouts. But all of it, I'm coaching you how, when to breathe, how to use your pelvic floor. Cool. I'm very interested because just some of the like low back pain, tight hips, tailbone that hurts. I'm like, I wonder if this could be me. Yeah. I could probably benefit. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I just feel like overall you're going to feel better. And it probably incorporates mindfulness too, because you're thinking about how you're breathing. Yeah, for sure. Just good for mental health. It's great for mental health especially at night. Like it's a great time to practice it before you're going to bed, just to take those deep breaths and focus on, on that connection. Cause I don't know about you, but I go to bed stressed a lot of nights, <laughs> like the world we live in. Right. Oh yes. And just thinking about everything you have to do the next day. And yes. So I'd love to back up again and talk more about how the app developed. Like, how did you get the idea for that? Did you have any tech experience or how did that work? I mean, you were a grant writer, so I'm guessing this was a whole new <laughs> world for you. Yeah, it was. So I started off just posting tips on Instagram after I got my training. I was like, I'm just going to share like some of my workouts, some tips and, you know, things took off on there. I wasn't tech. I didn't even know how to use Instagram. I was like, just. I'll figure this out. This is you to remember like nine years ago. So things grew from there. I guess it wasn't nine years ago. When did I start? Six years ago I've, since I've been on Instagram. And there was just such a need. And I felt like the real need was for the athlete population, right? I was like, there is nothing to rehab your core and pelvic floor that's not boring. Like I want to sweat. <laughs> I want endorphins. Like I don't want to only like, pelvic tilts all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't like... <laughs> news fest. So when I was trying to rehab myself, I was like, this cannot be it. I'm going to lose my mind. Again, like going back to that athlete, right? Like we want those endorphins. And if you're out there and you, you enjoy running, like you're built like me, like we like that high. 
mm-hmm. of a good run of a good workout. And so I was like, there's nothing that both is protective and beneficial of the core and pelvic floor and gets you strong as hell. So there came the idea and we launched a web-based program in 2020, which was like right when the pandemic happened. So that was fun. I was so, like, well, it was this. perfect timing. I, I mean, yeah. everybody's did. working out at home, it. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. So I launched it web-based and then in August of last year, the app came out and it's been amazing. We've had like a thousand five-star reviews and it's only been out a few months and you know, not to chew my own horn, but it's because like, I get you strong as heck, you know? Yeah. We have fun. fun. Like no workout is the same. That's awesome. And you, you incorporate your children. I mean, like I've seen you doing workouts, you know, showing how to do this with a baby, which is awesome. Yeah. And lots of at-home hacks. Yeah. Sometimes that's, you got to make it work. Yeah. They're going to be yeah. sitting on you while you're doing planks and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's that's like a rite of passage is being a mom who works out. <laughs> True. Not to mention like the dog, right? you got dogs at home. I swear my dog is as bad as the babies. Oh, yeah. They're always in my face, but they're adorable, so I don't mind. But I'm like, yeah. I can't really do this and pet both of you at the same time. Right. <laughs> I try. Oh. I try. So what's it like to have – I mean, you have – I'd have to look it up. You have a lot. You have like, what, 340,000 Instagram followers? I mean, that's crazy. How, I mean, what is that like? (laughs) I mean, does that blow your mind? (laughs) It does. It blows my mind. Yes, it does blow my mind. I also knew how needed this was. So it blows my mind. And at the same time, it doesn't. Like, it shows you what a gap there was Mm -hmm. for for us people who are, like, dealing with, core and pelvic floor issues. It turns out there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. And like you said, even men too. Like if you've got like back pain all the time, like we all deserve to know how to use our body. So yeah, it blows my mind a little bit, but also it's like, obviously it was needed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like part of what makes it tricky is first of all, the pelvic floor was not often thought about and now it's becoming more prominent, but also it's like, it's a hidden pro. It's like the part of the iceberg underneath the water, you know, it's like it may be presenting as low back pain or hip pain. And so many healthcare physicians are going to, or professionals are going to treat that, not realizing that the underlying cause is your pelvic floor. So I think, 100%. yeah, it's just, it's 100%. very tricky. It's always a it good place tricky. to start, right? It is always a good place to start. And even if you've had a C-section, like I'm a two-time C-section mom myself, that scar tissue causes all kinds of issues. So like, I always like to give them, I'm, I'm good with analogies here. So analogies. like your shirt's tucked in really tightly, right? So like maybe your range of motion is limited in your shoulders because that C-section scar is pulling just like a shirt that's tucked in too tight and you can't have the same range of motion that you once had. So sometimes like stuff that's not even near the core pelvic floor area can be giving you grief and it can be related. So you, taking that whole body systemic like bird's eye view approach of the body is so important before just saying like, okay, your hip hurts, your hips, the problem. Right. You know? Yeah. I love that. And I love that you do the full body approach because I mean, especially for runners, that's what we want. That's what we need. We need to be strong all around, especially distance runners because, you know, after running all those miles and our form starts to break down Mm -hmm. and we, 
we need to be strong throughout. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should have? No, one other thing I think that's important for runners is just mobility, I guess is the last thing I'd mention real quickly. And I have a whole mobility program, slam stretch in there. Just the ability to like give your body a hug after you've worked so hard on your run is really important. And that's a great time to work again on that pelvic floor relaxation. So just prioritizing that recovery. I think, you know, we're always on the go and it can be hard to do. Like I'm terrible at it. I don't always practice my feet, but (laughs) I think none of us do. (laughs) (laughs) Let go can be like, just do you a world of good. Oh yeah. Range of motion is key for runners. Like we don't want the flexibility. We need that mobility. That is crucial. And it feels, it can feel really good too. And it doesn't yeah. take long. I mean, it doesn't I like, take long. You gotta like hype yourself. It's like 10 minutes. Like you can do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's often like not even that. I, I mean, it can take yeah. even less than that sometimes. Yeah. Well, this has been really eye opening. I'm gonna go and look through your app because I think I could definitely benefit from, I mean, I think everybody could. But Thanks. yeah. No, there, you, I learned a lot from you. So thank you okay. so much. Makes me happy. Job. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, I'm glad we got to connect. Keep doing what you're doing. And yeah, and I look forward to to recommending your program to a lot of the women that I and men, although I don't really coach that many men, just a handful, but recommending your program to the people that I coach because I know that it's it's going to be beneficial to anyone. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time today. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Ashley, and thank you all for listening to The Passionate Runner. Full show notes for each episode, which includes a summary, key takeaways, quotes, and any of the resources mentioned are available at runnerclick.com slash podcasts. Be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're enjoying the content and getting value from the episodes, we would love it if you leave a rating and review. We'll talk to you next time.